0: Well, kids, it's finally a game day for the Washington Capitals getting back on the ice. However, how are they back on the ice? We'll talk about the entire COVID issues around the league with a little bit of help here on Locked On Caps.
1: Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to
1: another special
0: crossover edition of Locked on Caps and Locked on Blackhawks as I am joined once again for the second time in what seems like three days, the host of Locked on Blackhawks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Jack Bushman. Jack, how are we doing today?
1: I'm doing well, Tyler. Thank you for having me back on the show for the second time in the past couple of weeks. Unfortunately, it's going to be the final meeting between the Blackhawks and Capitals in the regular season, but uh, should be a good one after a really close game a couple of weeks back.
0: Yeah, that that was a very entertaining game. Had to end in a skills competition. I mean, shootout, of course, but we'll (laughs) get get to that later on. Uh, First of all, thank you all very much for making Locked On Capitals and Locked On Blackhawks your first listen today and every day. And of course, if you're on YouTube, check us out at Locked On Caps, the YouTube channel on there. But I got to tell you guys before we get too far into this, that today's show is brought to you by Primal Origin Oils. Got beard? Get Primal. Stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. And by checking out PrimalOriginOils.com to learn more about their full line of beard care products using the promo code On for 20% at checkout at PrimalOriginOils.com. Now, Jack, we will get to this hockey game tonight because as far as we know, there is will be a hockey game between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Washington Capitals. Fingers crossed. Because as we're recording this on Tuesday night... There has been an absolute influx of COVID cases, and I can't even now just say it's the National Hockey League. Our good boy, Sean Woodley, our boss, host of Lockdown Raptors as well, is trying to figure out why the Raptors and Brooklyn Nets are playing because the Nets are having a bunch of COVID issues as well. This has all of a sudden become not just an NHL problem, it has become a sport problem if COVID has not been a problem already.
1: Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. The NFL's dealing with it a bunch, too. It's happening in all professional sports leagues, it seems, across North America. And the Blackhawks, while they've been able to kind of dodge the COVID bug as of late, they dealt with some issues earlier on in the season. Uh, but they did just have their game on Monday canceled against the Calgary Flames because of a mass mass outbreak of six players Uh, and one coach as well I I think I saw three more players were added to it in total today bringing it to nine so yeah and it's not just Calgary there are a bunch of teams across the NHL and I just I really don't know what to do about it at this point because in the past couple of weeks seems like games are getting canceled left and right
0: yeah and it's hard because it was initially okay the Senators get shut down for a few games the Islanders get shut down for a few games all right now we'll do it for the Flames here and then but it's it's seeming like this is a problem. And Chris Johnson tweeted this out at the time of recording at about three, I'm doing my quick math here, about three thirty, three o'clock Eastern time saying that in the last 36 hours from when he tweeted 23 players were put on NHL's COVID protocol list. That is an absurd number. And I was able to jump on yesterday's show of world hockey report with my good buddy, Cody Jansen up there from Lethbridge. And he and I were talking about, you know, what is it ever going to come to the point that the league just says, let them play. But it's, it's my point was, it's hard to do that right now because everything is still in the very unknown. And this COVID, this COVID pandemic is still as out of control as it was. what, What are we at 20 months ago now, Jack? It's, it's almost like there's no end in sight and there's no light at the end of the tunnel right now.
1: Yeah, right. It, it seems like it's just going to run its course and is inevitable at this point that COVID is just part of the world we live in today, unfortunately. And I just don't know the right way to go about it. You know, the NHL, I don't think they want to go to a pause. Um, I don't know if they should just push through because as you said, we there's still so much unknown about this and all the variants that are coming with it. You don't want to risk the players' safety for the sake of hockey games, you know, so... I don't know what the right answer is here, but the NHL needs to figure it out pretty quickly here. And I think there are a couple calls from NHL doctors going on tonight and stuff to figure out those next steps. But um, something's got to happen here or else uh, more games are going to get canceled. And this really could be the start, unfortunately. I hope not, but uh, it seems like it's spreading pretty quickly and it's hit a bunch of teams in these past couple of days.
0: Yeah. To the point that Jack's made there, there is, a, I think it's a call between the league, the players association and medical professionals that work for the league to try to figure out what is the best plan of action here. And, you know, I, I, right now I got here in the background here in the studio, I got Montreal versus Pittsburgh penguins up one, nothing right now, just in case anyone's curious for all you caps fans. But the thing is that it's like, are we going to have a night like we did last on Monday night where we had no hockey? Now, I know it's something we have experienced recently in the last you know year and a half because we had the 2020 pandemic, but it's still very just you don't want it to happen. But to your point, it's it's something that we can't just say, all right, we got it all figured out. Let's just kind of move on from here. This is something that's going to continue on. And I said this, I think I was on last one of last week's shows. I said, this is going to be a problem for a very long time, whether or not we're able to get through it is are we able to get it under control is up to i guess really our our health professionals and our medical leaders from around the globe now jack this was an interesting um paraphrasing bill daly put out a quote yesterday saying how the COVID vaccine while it's obviously not keeping players from getting from not getting COVID, it's more or less to the vaccine's purpose which is true my wife's a nurse she can attest to this it's to make sure that there's no terminal side effects to the virus and it's almost like saying that, all right, everyone got vaccinated because they, we want them to get permanently ill, but now we're trying to figure out what to do. What do you think, if you were Bill Daly right now, what are you, and Gary Bettman, what are you trying to say right now to try to, I, I guess, maybe just kind of calm everything?
1: Yeah, I guess that's the billion dollar question. That was actually something I was just going to bring up, actually, though, is on the bright side. Most of the NHL, except for Tyler Bertusi, who we had yep. a funny situation with last time we recorded, uh, the, the entire league for the most part is vaccinated. So that is helping with people not being as sick as they were when the cases were piling up like they were last season. So I do think that could play a factor that the entire league is vaccinated and no one is, you know, as um, fatigued and plagued as they were when this virus was newer. Uh, but at the same time, there's just there's so many unknowns. I don't I really don't know what to do. I'm in between a rock and a hard place on this one because I do feel like with the league being vaccinated, it is okay to play, but you don't you don't want to risk player safety's help for a game And as terrible as it sounds, they don't have to go to the Olympics. I want the players to go to the Olympics really badly, but they're gonna to have to, you know 25 to 50 NHLers, or or so are going to have to quarantine for a month in China. You know, it, it's going to be an issue, I believe. So I think this could just be the start of, of maybe realizing that that just may not happen in February, unfortunately, unless they get this thing under control soon. But uh, you asked me what I would do or what I would be saying. I, I really don't have an answer, unfortunately. I mean, it's just a there's. I feel like there's no right choice here because there's so many unknowns. You know,
0: right. And, and of course, you know, there's people, they are talking about having like a quick three week pause here, just kind of postpone the games, push the playoffs back closer into the summertime. But remember March of 2020, Jack, when we all said, Oh, everyone everyone's take two weeks off. We'll get this under control. It is December of 2021. We're going on almost two years on this thing. Like it, it's not going to be just snap the fingers and fix. This is going to be a long, really process. And you mentioned the Olympics and I know, And I remember I even mentioned this on yesterday's show. I said, like, you know what, guys, this is going to be a problem for a long time. And you know what? I don't want to keep bringing it up, but we're going to keep bringing it up until we hear that decision next month on whether or not the players are going to go. Now, what we do know, Jack, and once again, this is probably the last part here before we actually get to the hockey game that is going to happen tonight between the Blackhawks and the Caps here on this crossover edition of Locked On Capitals and Locked On Blackhawks. But the, the fact of the matter is that the league has come out and pretty much said, we don't want to be the ones to make the decision. We did that in 2018. We don't want to be that guy again. We want to let the players make the decision. And for better or worse, I mean, it's almost like tr- the league kind of putting the pressure on the players saying, hey, are you guys going to be the smart ones here?
1: Right. Basically, the classic NHL move, right? Don't, don't yeah. want to do anything themselves. Um, make someone else handle it basically everything I've gotten from the NHL, especially with the Chicago Blackhawks this year. um, It's tough, man. And putting it on the players, what are they going to want to do? You know? Uh, And I feel like there's going to be guys having both sides, you know, to to push through, or especially the ones in Canada who are affected differently than the ones in the United States. There could potentially be looking at no fans in the building sometime here. I don't know.
0: It's really hard. And I want to be optimistic and say, you know what? It'll get evened out here. But I'm like, this is, this is not like a slow linear incline. This was an exponential to the 35th power of how quickly these cases came out. So I'm yeah, And, and I,
1: sorry to interrupt, but I think you good. put, I think you um, brought up a, a good point by saying how um, the league, I, I think they just, uh, I'm so in a tough spot here because the Olympics, obviously they bring the, they, they make the game a huge national stage. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: But do they want to pause? Like, do you think three weeks, do, like you personally, do you think taking off three weeks is going to solve this when we don't, when we don't know the future? <sighs> no, <laughs> that's Exactly. That's, that's why well, I think you bring up a good point. If, if, because if, we if, because if we do
0: three weeks, then it becomes four weeks and then five weeks. Cause it's, Because here's the thing. These players are, the COVID protocols are not the same as they were last year. Traveling, I mean, they're not telling players to stay at home, stay in their hotel rooms. They're allowing them to go out. I mean, my my wife and I, who both of us got our booster shots recently, we're going out to have a nice dinner tomorrow night at a public place. And uh, and you know what? You're right. 12 months ago, that would have been ludicrous to ever think I'd be doing something like that. But here we are. And you know what? We kind of feel safe and comfortable doing that. Now, I don't know if... I. And it's, and it's tough because they're why we see all these COVID cases and how many players are asymptomatic. I couldn't tell you how many times I probably, we both probably had COVID. We didn't realize it. So it's really hard to say, just take a quick pause and everything will go back to normal. Cause it's like, yeah, no, (laughs) that's that's exactly.
1: And who knows what's going to happen in two months down the road with this, if there's more variants or what's going to be happening because right when things looked like they were going back to normal. Turns out to be the exact opposite. And here we are again, Tyler.
0: Yeah, I, I hope it changes soon, and I, and I hope we get to that point. And I think eventually we'll, and I remember when I was getting my booster shot, I was talking to the nurse, I was administering it. I said, I'm like, oh, I'm prepared, mentally preparing myself for, you know, I go in every October, or November to get my flu shot, in my right arm and my left arm, I'm going to get the COVID vaccine, you know, whatever you got to do. I mean, but ev- we hope that eventually it gets to the point I'm like, oh, darn it. You know, we have a couple guys out with the flu, one guy out with the COVID, but it's okay. We'll still play tonight or we have three or four, you know, they're able to play through it or something like that. Unfortunately, not going to happen anytime soon. And I hope it changes soon. Let's, let's try to get to, let's try to talk about some good stuff here in just a moment. We'll talk about the Hawks and the Caps, but guys, I got to ask it. You got a beard? So you got to get Primal. That's right. Got Beard? Get Primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get Primal Origin Oils because maybe you're the guy who's never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product because Primal will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet, Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned and known as the best feel in beer products available. All products, of course, fair trade certified and handcrafted in the United States. And the combo kits make a great holiday gift if you're shopping for yourself, and you'll be glad you did. We know that every company claims to be the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and feel in beard to the other products you've used. We promise you'll see and feel the difference. Go to uh, PrimalOriginOils.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off. That's locked on to get 20% off at checkout at primaloriginoils.com.
1: And I also need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. In this holiday season, go and grab a protein bar that's filled with so much holiday goodness. It's also rich with decayed in flavor and covered in 100% real chocolate, but also amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. You can get the best of both worlds right now, delicious and healthy. And there's so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate? Cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie. Either way, Bill Bar gives you that extra fuel that you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Bill Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. And do you enjoy some of those marshmallow treats around the holiday season? Well, then you need to get your hands on Bill Bar Puffs. They're light, they're fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in 100% real chocolate. Tastes so good. You won't believe that they're filled with protein. And for a limited time offer right now, go to builtbar.com. use the promo code LOCKED15, that's one word, LOCKED in all caps, followed by the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. That's builtbar.com with the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next built Bar order.
0: So, let's get to the game tonight. Caps and Hawks, the last time these two teams met, a shootout decided it, and it was a shootout that was won. By the Chicago Blackhawks. Yes, I'll call it a shootout because you're here, Jack. You want to count it as an actual win, an actual <laughs> hockey win, even though let's be honest, and this is coming from the guy that's covering the Washington Capitals, who two of their last wins have both come by the shootout slash skills competition. What, what, you know? And the last time we talked, Jack, the Hawks were in the middle of that honeymoon phase with Derek King. What have you seen from this team lately? Because it seemed like it, I'm not saying going back to the way it was, but they've kind of fallen off a little bit.
1: Yeah. They just haven't been able to string together consecutive victories. Um, but what I am very impressed with is when we last talked, Tyler, I spoke about how it it was the beginning of December. November was kind of an easy schedule for the Blackhawks and they picked up some wins against bottom tier teams. Well, Washington was the first game, but after that they were, they were about to go on the road, go on a couple of, of, uh, face a couple of tough teams in their buildings, and I thought it was going to be a a huge test for the Blackhawks and kind of a make-or-break point to see what kind of team they had and if they truly had improved under Derrick King. And I was really impressed because each and every night they found a way to be competitive. That's really been their... their mentality under Derrick King. They're going to play a grindy defensive style and they're going to keep it close for the entire 60 minutes. And they wound up getting a win over Washington. They also put together uh, some good performances against New York. They had a heartbreaking loss over the weekend to Toronto, but it was a game in which they went up north and they put together a really good effort in the second half of that game. Unfortunately, got their heart broken by former Blackhawk David Kampf in the final two minutes. But They really have, I think, found a new identity under Derrick King. And I was just very impressed with their ability to compete against some of the best teams in the entire league. And like I said, on the road, the Blackhawks earlier on in the season under Jeremy Cowlton weren't very good on the road. So um, in the past two weeks, Tyler, I can honestly say that I have become a little bit more confident in this Blackhawks team and their ability to go out there and, and play uh, a good 60-minute effort, definitely more so than I was earlier on in December and later in November.
0: Yeah, because there are three losses this month so far, two against the New York Rangers, one a 3-2 loss, and then one a 6-2 loss at home. But you mentioned that Toronto game, and The wife and I were actually watching that game on Saturday night, and I remember I it was it was 4-1, to one, and she's like, can we watch a Christmas movie now? This game's over. And I'm like, do you not know the Toronto Maple <laughs> Leafs in a 4-1 score? This game is far from over. She went in another room. She, I think she ended up taking a shower or whatever. And I, she came out and I yelled, it's 4-4 now. And she's like, you got to be kidding me. And I'm like, listen, Steve Dangle somewhere is probably losing his mind because he's just getting all of a sudden the massive twitch from PTSD or whatever. But like you said, though, the Hawks found a way to battle back. Unfortunately, just an awful stanchion bounce there at, at, at Scotiabank did it. But this is, like you mentioned, this team is, it's just, they're competitive again. And... You know, we had, I mean, I myself maybe had maybe a little too high expectations for this team coming in. I thought this was going to be a playoff team. Things didn't quite go their way. By the way, I'd love to probably uh, give you a little bit of good positive news. Jeremy Carlton is going to be the assistant coach for Team Canada at the Spengler Cup. Yeah, so. I did see that today. Stay, staying busy, staying busy, staying in the game. Because, hey, you never know. (laughs) He may have to be coaching Team Canada if the NHLers don't go. Hey, go Team Canada. (laughs) Um, Yeah, for
1: sure. That should be interesting.
0: Is it weird to you, Nashville Predators fans are probably going to go crazy themselves, that Seth Jones is your leading scorer right now? Like, is that, do you look at that as a bad thing that your defense, uh, you have a defenseman as your top scorer, or do you look at it as Seth Jones is certainly meeting his potential?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think most people expect Patrick Kane to be leading the Blackhawks and scoring. Uh, most of the time he has been, well, I can't complain. He's still a point per game player. And that just kind of shows you how spoiled us Blackhawks fans have been with him over the past decade or so that he's producing at a point per game. And we're like, Hey, where's this Caner guy? Why isn't he putting up big numbers? Um, but no, uh, Seth Jones has has been incredible, really, since Derek King took over early on in the season. We saw those flashes of how good he can be on both both sides of the puck, um, but just kind of a lack of consistency. And I think you can attribute that to coming into a, a new team, new teammates, a new system, and everything. I think that definitely played its part in it. Um, but but under Derek King here, the past month or so, he has been spectacular. And honestly, I, I can say he's been the Blackhawks. Best player and their most consistent player for sure because he brings it night in and night out. And if he wasn't doing the things that he is offensively, the Blackhawks would be in a world of trouble. He's one of the few guys that's able to create for this team. Uh, he has a really good ability of knowing exactly when to jump up into plays, jump up into the rush to give them an odd man advantage. And he's been really good at distributing uh, at the point on their power play. I would like to see him get a little bit more aggressive with the puck on his stick and to shoot it to give them another uh, weapon or so. But he's been fantastic overall. I mean, I, I really can't complain. He's playing huge minutes 26, 27, 28 minutes a night and no sign of fatigue. And um, he's really driven the play on both ends for this Blackhawks team. So um, I I probably would like to see, you know, Patrick Kane pick it up a little bit more than he has so far. And I think Alex DeBrinkett also uh, has a next step to take in his playmaking abilities as well. He doesn't have very many assists on the season, despite um, finding the back of the net seemingly every other game. Um, But I I don't think you can knock Seth or or the Blackhawks for him being their leading scorer, because I I really do think this team would have a much worse record if, if they weren't um, fortunate to have him as their number one defenseman. And he's been really solid under Derek King. I I know the contract is a lot, um, but, He's doing everything that he can control. You know, he, he doesn't control the dollar amount that gets, you know, thrown on the table. If you get $9.5 million, you're going to sign it. So he's doing everything on his end to live up to those expectations and to live up to that dollar. Um, And being the Blackhawks leading scorer, I think is more of a positive than it is a negative Tyler.
0: Yeah. And I, like I say, if you, if you're leading, if you are a leading scorer in your hockey club as a defenseman and you are. I don't say averaging a point a game, but pretty close to that mark. I'm pretty sure you should be making that kind of money as a defenseman. Seth Jones is, you mentioned to that he's having a Cy young year, 14 goals, six assists. But then again, when you're playing with Patrick <laughs> Kane, you're going to be the one doing the majority of the scoring because is usually the more of the passing type Uh one last thing here before we kind of kind of go off here, we'll talk about the caps here on the other side. I got to ask you, and I know this guy has had a, a tough year on and off the ice and of course a tough year in general, Jonathan Taves finally gets a goal last week or a a few games ago. Now he has two on the season, had scored back-to-back, scored against Toronto as well. What is it it to know what the captain had to go through to get back on the ice, to finally get back in the goal, Callum?
1: Yeah, I I really felt for Johnny because... You could tell he was getting frustrated out there. He'd miss on good chances, and he'd go and slam his stick on the bench. He's asked about it by the media night in and night out. Um, and obviously, he's had to deal with a lot just to get back on the ice. So I, I really do feel bad for Johnny. But fortunately, now he, he started to get it going these past couple of games. And I really think he could have just started to, you know, um, get the wheel going a little bit because – Obviously, you know, no goals for 25 games, not great, bud, but he he did have his looks and it's not like he was playing horrendous. The speed I think is the biggest thing that's noticeable. He's not able to create like he used to, but he's still finding himself in those situations and he had shots hit off the post. You know, he was getting robbed by netminders. It took a little bit longer than I think anyone expected and definitely Tejas himself, but I think he is heading in the right direction and I'm happy for him for sure. But The Blackhawks really need him to because – Aside from Alex Dabrinkit and Patrick Kane and Brandon Hagel, no one can really score goals for this team. It's been a huge issue all season long. It was an issue when we talked two weeks back. It's still an issue today. They have gotten a little bit better. Hey, they wound up scoring four goals against a really solid defensive team in Toronto. That was only the third time this season the Blackhawks have scored four goals in regulation through 27 games. So they really need a guy like Jonathan Taze to pick it up for him, especially when he's still playing big-time minutes because he's so responsible defensively, and he's also the only guy on this team that can win a draw at the face off dots. So he's a big part of the Blackhawks success and they really need him to keep it up. So I'm happy that Johnny was able to find the back of the net finally. And kind of, you know, he, he actually literally threw the monkey off his back after he scored that goal. I don't know if you saw the clip, but he literally threw it off his back. It was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, he he's a guy that like I said, when he came back, I mean it was a big deal because of what he had to go through. We found out what he was going through afterwards, and it's good to see him getting back. And you know, like I said, maybe he'll pot a few more. And you know, noted four time 30 or excuse me, three time 30 goal scorer, Jonathan Taves. Uh, one of NHL's top one hundred players, even though statistically he's not the greatest player. That's okay. That was that's a four <laughs> year four four year uh four year rebuttal for me there uh, since they released that list. We'll we'll get to the we'll switch things up here. We'll get to the cap side of things here on this crossover edition of Locked On Capitals and Locked On Blackhawks for make our predictions for tonight's game between the Caps and the Blackhawks. But first, guys, I gotta remind you that Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues its march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code locked on to receive the bonus from basketball, football, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games. And of course the national hockey league do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports bet online, where the game starts.
1: It seems like it's been a, a really busy past couple of weeks for the Blackhawks since they took on the Washington capitals. A lot has happened. They've gone on a couple of different road trips. They were up in Canada. They were out in New York. But the Washington Capitals have actually only played four games since their last meeting with the Blackhawks. Three victories, one over uh, I think it was Anaheim, Columbus, and Buffalo, and then a, a loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. What what kind of um what what's kind of happened with the, the Capitals in these past couple of games? What's been going right? Um, and also I definitely have to talk about one one thing we mentioned in the previous crossover was the injuries. The guys at the Capitals weren't. Ha, uh, that they weren't having on their active roster and we're still finding a way to come away with wins what's the latest update on guys like uh tj oshi nicholas backstrom and connor Sheary?
0: well the the big one of course uh, oshi came back and he's actually doing pretty well the caps are still undefeated when he puts up a point in the lineup which is still single digits but you know what that's still okay because i mean he's he's certainly showing that he's a top player Uh, Connor sheary has been in and out of the lineup a little bit, but I I think he's going to come back around here and he'll start coming back to form. It just it stinks when you score two goals in a game and then you're out the next night because of an injury that you somehow picked up. But the big story that really came out yesterday, Jack, that really caught me by surprise, because the last time we talked, Nicholas Backstrom was a slow process, a slow moving locomotive. Eventually going to pick up steam, but later on down the line, his rehab was going by, but it was going by very slowly. And then all of a sudden we find out that he took actual line rushes on Monday. It was actually signed to a line and he's also taking the morning skate today before the game tonight between the Hawks and Capitals. Now, does that mean he's going to play? We don't know, but it's seemingly like he's going to play here. If not tonight, later on, later on this week and sometime before Christmas. And it's just so crazy because, and it's one of those things, they probably did the best NHL team mentality. We're going to keep everything quiet. We're going to make sure no one knows anything. And then boom, Nicholas Backstrom is going to be back in the lineup. And that's kind of how this thing is all really started out. And it's really interesting. I talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show. I was saying like, man, this could be a real big help. But the question is, is he going to come out like gangbusters? Like we saw Nikita Kucherov doing the playoffs last year. I'm not sure. But that, I mean, just the fact that he's going to be getting back in the lineup will certainly add a little bit of offensive spark that maybe the Caps have been missing, most notably on the power play. Um, other injuries, I mean, Garnet Hathaway and Trevor Van Riemsdyk are traveling with the team. They were on the COVID list for a little bit. As far as I know, Nick Dowd is still out, as far as I know. Uh, the kind of, with the hard part of getting back from back in the lineup is that Tom Wilson as far as we know, will not be playing tonight either. He's day to day with an upper body injury, which is tough because he's been having a really great year on that line with Kuznetsov and Ovechkin. So it seems like it's one, it's a revolving door. One guy comes back in, one guy goes out vice versa, and they just keep that ball rolling. But you know what? It's just really showing the resilience of this hockey club, Jack. It's the fact that this team has found ways to win games, even though they have not had a full lineup that they originally had planned going into training camp. So I mean, if there's any good thing you can look at this, is the fact that the Washington Capitals are are, you know, when they ended the weekend against Buffalo, were tied for the points lead in the National Hockey League. It was one of the best teams in the league with Florida and Toronto. And the fact of the matter is that they're still in that hunt for being the best team without a fully staffed lineup. That's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, and it's definitely scary. The rest of the league is going to have to take look out once the Washington Capitals do get back to being 100% healthy. I mean, they have the pedigree. They have a lot of the veteran guys there that got the job done in the 2018 playoffs that have been there and done that. And, yeah, I, I think it just goes to show uh, how, how well the coaching staff has done being able to find ways to win without some of those top guys. Um, and, and when they do come back, it's definitely going to be a scary team. Uh, one thing I definitely also wanted to ask you about is uh, last time the Blackhawks and the Capitals met two weeks ago, the Blackhawks saw Vitek Vannichek in net. This time, is it going to be different? Are they going to see uh, Ilya Samsonov in net tomorrow at the United Center?
0: You know, it's it's weird because yeah, Vanny played pretty well against the, the Buffalo Sabres, didn't have as much work. Samsonov had a kind of a tough game against Pittsburgh, who has really started to pick up their play as of late, still leading the Montreal Canadiens here, as I see it on my monitor to my left. And so I I don't I think Samsonov is still the one a ban I think, is really trying to show that he still can be an everyday starter in the NHL like he kind of established in the early goings this season. But at the same token, I wouldn't be surprised if we did see ban go because the caps have or the caps have the Winnipeg Jets coming up on Friday. Now, granted, yes, there is a day off and there's a day of travel as well. Now, granted, of course, uh, the, the way that everything is so fluid these days, uh, I may be just saying there's a game on Friday for poops and giggles because I don't even have <laughs> <there's> a good <laughs> chance that, that game may not even happen. Long story short, though, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Samsonov got the start and Vanacek got it for Friday. I mean, it, there's not many back to backs here coming up for the Caps, if I'm not mistaken. They don't have one until... Holy cow. Middle of January. And that's been the nice part about this break. If they've had three or four days off in between games, they played last week. They played Anaheim on Monday, Pittsburgh on Friday, John Walton and I were twiddling our thumb, trying to figure out what to do with ourselves for three days. So, I mean, these breaks really help the caps kind of help, you know, get healthier, kind of rest up. And that allows guys like Sam sonoff to play more often, but, I would say Samsonov gets to start tonight with all this time off. I think he wants to have a good bounce back after the losing to Pittsburgh on Friday. Only his second regulation loss this season, mind you. So yeah, i see Samsonov going in, but once again, if Peter Laviolette came out of morning skate and said, we're going with double V tonight.
1: Sure. That works. Yeah, I guess we're going to have to wait and see until they uh, hit the ice earlier this uh, later this morning, I should say, at the United Center. Um, one one final question <clears throat> I had for you, Tyler, excuse me, is uh, one thing I noticed when kind of just going over a preview of this game is the Washington Capitals, they rank fifth in the NHL currently in goal score per game, but they're 25th on the power play. And the Blackhawks, they've been struggling a little bit on the PK. They gave up two costly goals early on in that first period against Toronto. That's really what wound up being the difference maker in that five to four heartbreaker. Um, but what's kind of going on with Washington's power play? Obviously everyone knows about the big OV one T over there at the left dot. Um, but have they not been able to kind of find success because some key guys like Backstrom has been out or o- o- she's just kind of finding his way back in what's kind of been going on with the man advantage in Washington?
0: Yeah, Gil, Gil Martin and I, we talked about it on uh, the Monday edition of Lockdown NHL here on the Lockdown Network, and I remember he asked me about that, like, what's the problem here? And I, and I kind of compared it to what the Toronto Maple Leafs really experienced last year. Such a good team. Look at all these offensive weapons. Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, Morgan Riley running the power play, which, if you ask anyone in Toronto, was a stupid idea. But I still think Morgan Riley's a pretty good defenseman. that's, you know, he's I think he's worth eight million dollars. That's just me. But the fact of the matter is that team had so much pressure to do well in the power play because of all those offensive weapons that it kind of crumbled under that pressure. And I do think do you mention without Basham in the lineup, I think that's been a real tough piece they've been missing. I'm not saying because Koznetsov's a bad you know, bad playmaker and is not a guy that can be effective on the power play. It just hasn't worked out this year. cause Koznetsov has been a pretty solid guy that either he's down low in the bumper position or he's on the second unit. And usually it's Backstrom and Ovechkin at the two corners on the power play. That's why having Backstrom coming back here may really help things. Unfortunately, Gil and I didn't talk 24 hours later because that would have really been quite the story having Backstrom come back. So you know what? Maybe him coming back will help out. I think it's going to be a slow process getting Backstrom really up to game speed, but on the power play, you're not really going at game speed. So that could certainly help a, a guy like him. So I, I think they're due. They're, they're going to find a way to come through eventually and and turn it around. It's in, in the, you talk about the OV one timer. It just hasn't been open. You know, I think that a lot of more teams are really respecting that. Johnny Carlson, I think has more one timer goals or power play goal. Actually, hold on. Let me make sure I say this right before someone podcasts me and screams at me. Uh, power play goals here. <laughs> Obi has four. Ovi has four, John Carlson has three, but to that point, I think Carlson has more one timer goals on the power play than Ovechkin has. Ovechkin's had a lot more dirty goals this season, you know, grind out goals that he's had probably in a long time. And I can't say it's a bad thing because he's still the only Washington capital with over 10 goals. And he has 20. (laughs) It's still still the most. And the the fact that Emily Kaplan put out the story that he drinks pop on the bench during a game is like, it's ridiculous. I, I, I don't, I don't know how he does it, Jack. I, when I heard that story, I like, I used to drink pot before a game when I was a kid for caffeine purposes. So I could stay focused. This guy's just drinking Coke or, or Pepsi. Excuse me. It's at It's at capital one arena where they only sell Pepsi products. But I just <laughs> like, if I find I would just get the burps the entire game. And I would be like, I'd be coming down the wing and also like to shoot and, like hiccup. And I put it 10 feet wide or something like that. But yet he's Ovechkin. He is. He truly is something special.
1: One of a kind. That's the only way I could put it. I, even in my athletic career back in the day, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, going out there and playing a baseball game and drinking like some, some Pepsi. Got to make sure I say Pepsi, not Coke. Um, I, I really couldn't imagine that. So the fact that the guys out there, you know, scoring a goal per game, lighting it up, uh, unreal point producer and, and the dudes drinking caffeine, <laughs> well, something truly you can only marvel at. Well, could you
0: imagine like his first, I, I don't know how old, how Dated this story is but the fact of the matter is like if you if imagine if he did this like his entire career like he comes in the league in 2005 glenn halen was the coach at the time for the caps could you imagine all right uh we got this new young prospect here he's our number one overall picks pretty good score from Russia. name is alexander ovichkin uh and uh do you have a 24 pack of coke underneath your stall there alex yes yes i do and then he goes out, and scores 50 goals. Well, you can't say no to that. I was,
1: just, I was just about to say, he pots 50 or 60. You know, you don't really got much to say about it. You're probably going to have him drinking more in intermission.
0: Like, how many trainers probably heard that story? And how many of, like, strength coaches and physical wellness coaches heard that? And they all just went, are you kidding me? We're doing all this work. And the best goal scorer in the history of the sport is just drinking soda pot. Who needs right. protein and herb grass and all this stuff when you can just be hucking a Coke on the bench and... He'll go
1: out and score two goals in a game. Right. Go tell, go tell one of those youngins that Ovi's drinking Coke and they'll have a heart attack. They'll be like, what give? Oh yeah. You want to go crazy. Give
0: McDavid a bottle of Mountain Dew right before a game or a monster and just see him off (laughs) our problems later. Who cares? Let's get, let's get 260 points this season. Kid, we're going to, we're going to break records now. We're in win now mode. We we don't care about how you are going to be later on down the line. We're going to go old school NHL mentality. We don't care about your health after the game. We just need you to win now. Three hundred twelve points. Drysdale's got two ninety. Still no goaltending in Edmonton. Um, let's let's get to this game here, Jack tonight. What do you think's going to happen? It's I think it's going to be another tight game. For some reason, I Washington has found ways to play tight games against lesser teams. I mean, I'm not I, Buffalo. I think has been a real pesky team. Any team that's played them this year. So I say the 3-2 shootout win for the Caps is kind of, especially on the second half of back-to-back kind of a tough one, but what do you think is going to happen between the Hawks and the Caps tonight?
1: Yeah, I think we're looking at potentially another close game here. You just said the Capitals uh, ha- have kind of an act to find themselves in close games while well, the Blackhawks have been doing that a lot recently as well. Uh, I think this one's going to be a little bit more low scoring than the last one was. I think The Blackhawks are going to try and play slow in the first period, kind of get their feet wet, see what they can do. They're going to be really safe defensively. Uh, And I think this one could be a a 3-2, 4-2 maybe with an empty netter type game. I don't think this one's gonna be the four to three shootout when I, I could see this one being a little bit more low scoring. But last time I kind of threw the uh the double jinx on the Blackhawks and that they were going to lose four to one. I'm a lot more confident in this team than I am now. So I'm actually going to go out on a limb here. Uh and so interestingly enough the Blackhawks I think since the end of November they flip flopped win loss win loss win loss. They're due for a win this time. I'm gonna go with the Blackhawks three to two over the Washington Capitals in overtime. Not in a shootout in overtime.
0: Yeah, especially after the way that game against the Leafs went on Saturday, they're going to want to play a little bit tighter and not allow the Caps to get ahead early. Even though they showed resilience, you you can't find yourself coming back from 4-1 all the time in the NHL. That's just not a thing. I'm going to stay low scoring too, and I always stick to 3-2, and everyone gets bored of it. But I'm like, hey, you know what? It's an easy bet in this league. I mean, with all the offensive talent we have, 3-2 is still a good bet. You know what? I'm going to go really dumb here. I'm going to say Flower gets the start. I don't see why he wouldn't. I'm gonna say Samsonov gets the start. Both goaltenders play amazing. However, wa- Chicago plays a tight game and Washington gets like 34 shots to we'll say 23 for Chicago. I'm trying to be nice here. But 2-1, <laughs> 2-1 Hawks win because of something stupid. And I'm gonna go with the Brinkat again because you can't you can't watch you gotta watch out for that black cat to bring cat.
1: He's pesky and he's had a knack for scoring the big game winners for the Blackhawks this season, especially in overtime. If this game does reach overtime, uh, and Alex DeBert, overtime, the game just
0: overtime, Jack. We don't need any more stupid dingling Patrick Kane slow. Just- yeah, we
1: don't. Need it works every stuff. time. I mean, you, you can't you can't stop them in the shootout. When you got Jonathan Tays going one and Patrick Kane two, the odds that you're going to stop both of them are not very good. And that's actually where the Blackhawks have picked up several of their ten wins so far this season have been in overtime in the shootout because we got those two guys. We got Mark Andre Fleury stopping them, so it's kind of a recipe for success for the Blackhawks once they get the three on three.
0: I always said to myself, if I ever got to the NHL. My goal was to face the Blackhawks and go to a shootout. I never, when I was a goaltender, I didn't mind playing in the shootout because, hey, it's easy. It's a one-on-one with the player. You have a good chance to make the save. Watching it and being a fan of it and covering it, it's the stupidest thing ever. But I said, if I ever got to the NHL and faced Patrick Kane, I would go full Hoshik on him. If he tries any of that slow stuff, I'm just going to throw myself at him and take him out. If he scores, great, but he's going to pay for it. No doing all that slow-down nonsense. Gotta keep I'm surprised,
1: state. actually, someone... I'm surprised someone hasn't tried to get that aggressive on him when he slows up because he does it every time now. He, he didn't do it when he first was doing shootouts, but for the past five or six years now, it's to come in with speed, stop and make like a hundred stick handles until the goaltender is going to make a mistake. And, and so far it's worked pretty good for him.
0: You know, as a, as a guy who's seen goaltending evolve, like when I was a kid, it was Chris Osgood and then it was Mike Richter and it was the standup slash hybrid. You know, if you're going down, it's because that shot had to be on the ice to John Sebastian Jaguar on going down and blocking everything. And now we've seen more of the athletic goaltenders. It seems like, and even though we do see the crazy, amazing desperation saves from now and again, it seems like goaltenders actually want to like be a goaltender and make a save instead of, you know, trying to do whatever it takes to make the save. They want to look fundamentally sound. I think that's an important thing. And that's why I think sometimes goaltending nowadays is kind of lost its its luster a little bit. is because, From and listen, I was I tried to be that way myself because if you're fundamentally sound you make the save, if you can make the game look easy, that's that obviously means you're a really good goaltender. Carrie Price was always my idol because of that. However, like thinking like Hoshik would, Dominic Hoshik. By the way, if there's ever a podcast you want to check out, Jack, it's called uh, When Goalies Were Weird. Um, so I forgot who does it from the score, but the score produces the podcast and they looked over all like goaltenders from the 1990s that were just crazy. The first three that I've seen so far, the list I listened to Dominic Patrick, Patrick Waugh or Dominic Hosh, excuse me, Patrick Waugh and Ron Hextall. And listening to Hosh was hilarious because I loved him as a goaltender and he was like the stuff he would do off the ice was crazy. But the fact of the matter is Hosh would have definitely have tried to chop Patrick Kane's ankles off if he ever faced him in a shootout like
1: yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he. Oh man, the goal. I know the goaltender position's just comes. It's become so technical, and who can be the most fundamentally sound, and who's the six foot six guy that could go post to post and take up the entire net? It's not really the athletic acrobat anymore. It kind of stinks, um, but it's actually kind of funny. Patrick Kane, his first career shootout goal came against Dominic Hasek in the Red Wings. <laughs> He probably didn't know that uh, the kid was gonna, you know, turn out to be the way that he did and have all those fancy moves. So he didn't give him a chop at the ankles, which probably would have taught him a lesson at the early age. Could have changed the outlook on Paddy Kane's career.
0: <laughs> I think it's one of those things that comes with reputation, right? Like he would never done that as a rookie. I mean, he may have done that when he was in London in the OHL, because when he left, when he got drafted by the Blackhawks, he was certainly one of the best players in the Ontario League, and if not the entire CHL. So he could have done it then. But it's one of those things. Like as a rookie, if you did that someone would jump off the bench and probably come after you because like, Hey, you rookies can't do that. You gotta, you know, be a superstar first before you can do stuff like that.
1: Especially in the olden days, you know, pre 2010, I would say, I think that's kind of when the league shifted a little bit. Um, but yeah, definitely that, that stuff wouldn't have fly. Definitely not the, uh, the Trevor Zegras, Sonny Milano wouldn't have flown either. That Trevor Zegras would have gone face first into the boards if that happened in 2005.
0: Are you talking about the thing that uh, it's not good for the game? You know, it's it's not good. You know, it's a it's a great play, but it's not good for the game. I, I'm sorry, I don't have the gray beard for this. I, I don't
1: but... mean to have. I yeah, I don't mean to have the dinosaur take. Uh, I'm not going to say it's bad for the game. I think that's absolute blasphemy. But I, I do believe 20 years ago, if that would have happened, uh, Trevor Zegris may not have been smiling on the bench following the goal.
0: Oh well, yeah, 20 years ago, Trevor Zegers would have had someone else protecting him though. He'd been like, "Hey, Trevor, don't do that again." But it would have been. I, Gosh, the Ducks had some real tough guys back in the day because they had to. George somebody, Peros, don't get me started on George Peros. You want to if you want to do another great, three great hours Department thing. of Safety. Oh, you know, yeah, if you, yeah, or as Alan Walsh calls it, the Department of Player Suspensions. Even though sometimes I don't know what the heck they're doing. Before we get ourselves in trouble and get kicked off by I don't know what if there's an NHL mafia or whatever it is, but before we get blacklisted from all of NHL content forever, we're gonna wrap this crossover edition of Locked On Capitals and Locked On Blackhawks up here. Getting ready for tonight's game between the Hawks and Caps. So that'll be an 8 o'clock puck drop Eastern time, 7 o'clock local time there in Chicago at the United Center. It'll be a fun one. We both pick the Hawks to win because I'm pessimist. And I always think that, you know what, if I pick the team to I want to win to win, they will lose. And if I pick them to lose, well, I'm either right or I'm smart. It's we'll have to wait and see. Follow him, guys. Jack Bushman, no, he's over there. Jack Bushman at Jack Bushman number two. Follow Locked On Blackhawks at L O underscore Blackhawks. Right? It's L O underscore
1: with you guys. Yep. I can't stop for my white.
0: No, yeah, but yeah, you, you guys are you guys are the L O underscore Blackhawks, right, Jack?
1: That is correct. That is correct. Sorry, I was trying to point and I couldn't figure out my camera, so I just stopped. It's a, Well, the problem is, too, Like I'm like, and
0: right over here, because on my screen, you're this way, but on, on <laughs> their screen, you're this side. So it's like, I don't know which way I'm pointing. Follow me, the inside of the Insiders Talk, you'll at TJKU29 on Twitter, Instagram, and you're going to hate this, Jack, but I did, in fact, get a TikTok. And you know what? I've, it, I've done some fun hockey videos with it. I'm going to be doing an NHL arena little fun little tidbit one coming up here soon. And I also did one on the 2011 Winter Classic to make all Penguins fans very mad, so that was kind of fun. Um, <laughs> so yeah, TikTok can be used for something useful, folks, not just weird, trendy dancing thingies. I don't know. I, my, my wife told me I should get one, so I got it, and I don't know why.
1: <laughs> I haven't made the I haven't made the jump yet, but uh, I wish the best for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, you know what? There's been a few people that like it. One person commented, "I, I did like a Tony. I did a Tony Esposito." and uh kenny dryden like comparison one just kind of like there's a stream of consciousness one and the first comment was i don't know why i watched the whole thing but i ended up watching the whole thing i still don't know why and i'm like i don't know why you did either thanks for watching (laughs) (laughs) and welcome to tiktok and welcome to tiktok where people are like why am i watching this because you love it that is it folks follow us everyone does Oh, that's why it is at Locked On Caps, folks. When you follow us, be sure to check out Locked On Bets for your second listen of the day, where your boy Q and Lee Sterling give you expert analysis for all your gambling needs. For Jack, I'm Tyler. Saying thank you once again for listening and watching this crossover edition of Locked On Capitals and Locked On Blackhawks on the Locked On Podcast Network.